Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast, where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is our attachment to time. What's that about? Let's find out. Hey guys, I'm Natasha Chandel. You're listening to Kinda Dating. I have the amazing Aisha Holden with us. I love being here. You always gas me up. (laughs) No, because you're amazed. Amazeballs. Um, Friends, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode in advance. If you like what you hear, because hopefully you're back from listening to other episodes and you're a fan and you're a friend. So please subscribe to this podcast wherever you get it and tell your friends. Um, Also, please leave us a five-star rating or review. It takes two seconds and it really, really helps us out. So please support independent podcasts by supporting us on also social media. We are at Kinda Dating across the board. Uh, Aisha, where are you at? I am at Aisha Says Dance across the board. And I am uh, at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. Uh, I'm a little hungover, not going to lie. Um, <laughs> yesterday was my first time drinking after a while. And I was like, man, do you hear it in my voice or is it just me? No, I would have never known. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Because you know, when like, I, do you ever have that where, like, after a hangover, you you feel like your voice oh, is like sure. raspier? It's, all, it's in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, is this like my sexy voice? Does anybody else hear it, or is it just me? Um, also struggling, but we'll get through today, right? This feels like the good old days, except right? nobody's right. going out. Aisha and I used to do this podcast, guys. If you, like, if you look at pre-pandemic episodes of Kind of Dating, Aisha and I are hungover, like. <laughs> 60% of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. And half the time we were together of that. So it's like we were really fucking doing it. Um, I miss those days. Okay. We have an awesome episode today. Uh, and our friend is back. She's psychologist, coach, relationship scientist, and author of From First Kiss to Forever, A Scientific Approach to Love. Everyone. Welcome back, Marissa T. Cohen. Hi, girl. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. We're so happy you're back. Like, everybody, I remember we did that, like, uh, the science and data, uh, you know, episodes um, of kind of dating with you, and people ate that up. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so used to talking about research and data and eyes just kind of glazing over. But when you relate it to love and dating, that's when people, people really connect with it. Yeah. Cause I think like everything else, people like with, with relationships and uh, all, you know, these kinds of podcasts, like a lot of ideas are very qualitative. And so you can, you can talk about it in an, an emotional level, but people just like hard facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> of you are doing this. And they're like, oh, yes, this is correct. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why it is. It also can confirm for people like, you know, wow, there's a real science to why I'm doing what I'm doing and behaving or thinking in this way. So it's nice to confirm what we believe. Exactly. Yeah. It's fascinating. 
Um, and then we also blame that. We're like, ah, I mean, I'm only doing this because my fucking <laughs> oxytocin is shot through the <laughs> roof. I don't know. Um, Marissa, you know, it's been a while since you've been back. So we got to ask you, Aisha, you want to ask her? Single or in a relationship? I am married. Yay. Yay. Okay. <laughs> it's still working. It's still working. Um, <laughs> yes. we, all, we always have to ask because, you know, shit changes. Uh, so today we're doing, you know, we're talking about, um, attachment to time and, and I really, really wanted to do this episode. Um, mostly because like, obviously we're, we're going through a pandemic and I think a lot of people are feeling this sense of lost time. And we've sort of been told that we have to hit certain milestones by a certain time. I mean, in society, they used to call women who didn't get married by a certain fucking time spinsters. Um, And for me, it was less about or it's been less about uh, relationships through the pandemic, Um, like those kinds of milestones. Then it's been for career. But I realized that that attachment to time is all the same. So like, as in for me, it was like getting things done by a certain time. And then you go, oh, fuck, I just lost another year because there's a fucking pandemic. And then Mm -hmm. that's how people, I think, are feeling a lot about relationships because some people are comfortable with dating right now and a lot are not. And so if you're not, you might have this feeling that, oh, my God, Time is flying by and it's passing me by. I'm getting older and nothing is moving. So it right. sort of became, sorry, go ahead, Marissa. Oh, no, I mean, it, with this pandemic too, I mean, we're about a year into it, almost a year into it. And, you know, it hit and some people who were just either beginning a relationship now kind of put a pause on things. People who are planning on starting a family or having a wedding. And, you know, it's a large chunk of time to feel like we're losing from what might have been our trajectory prior to the pandemic starting. It's a real challenge. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm reminded of J-Lo and A-Rod because J-Lo and A-Rod were supposed to have, I guess, a summer... Italy wedding and and it got postponed because of the pandemic and now they've just totally reevaluated their life and JLo's like I don't know do we even need a wedding um and that's one way and then I have my other girlfriend who's had to move her her wedding date twice right because it's still not opening up so she thought last year like oh it'll open up by February nope that's not happening mm-hmm. and now like have had to reevaluate Um, And they had to, they moved into their house before they got married because it was supposed to be that they moved in after the wedding, but the wedding didn't happen. And then they had bought this house. And so I think that that timeline is getting screwed up for people Um, and especially single people. I mean, Aisha, are you feeling that? I mean, there's definitely a sort of, yeah, there's a pressure there because, you know, I'm getting older. I'm going to turn... 30, oh God, 32 this year. And I'm just like, you don't look a day over 22. Thank you. But you know, there are scientific and physical things that start changing when you, you know, get older. So even that is like, oh God, like I feel nowhere near that, but here we are running out of time. (laughs) It feels like anyways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, and Marissa, have you felt that like as a human outside of being a psychologist? (laughs) Um, As a human and as a psychologist, I I never know what day it is anymore. Very honest. It's, you know, this pandemic not only has warped our sense of time, but it's also that fear of the unknown and not being able to conceptualize a clear endpoint. I mean, now we're a little bit better with vaccines slowly rolling out, but especially at the beginning of the pandemic, not having any sense of how long this will last, you know, it can create a great deal of anxiety. And uh, just going back to not knowing what day it is, you know, what a weekend, especially when you're under quarantine or when you're staying close to home and you're not going into work, what's a Monday versus a Friday versus a Saturday. And, you know, it was in the beginning of the pandemic, sleeping late, that might've felt novel and interesting, but right now days are blending together and, and it can be exhausting, exhausting in a way that other things haven't been before. Did you know that Kind of Dating Now has merch? Yep, we collaborated with tpublic.com to create t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, iPhone cases, and so much more. Picking up one of our items is a great way to support the show and grab some swag for yourself. So swing over to tpublic.com or follow the link in the description of this episode to grab yours today. Yeah, I mean, I feel like... uh... Before the pandemic, I have thought about like, I was like, oh man, what would, what would life be if we just had no days to label? Like no Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, Saturday, Sunday, like, wow, why are we always chained to these fucking days that make us do things? And now you're like, oh my God, every day is one. I want those days back. Like, I want to know that, you know, Monday to whatever, these are my gym days. Like I look at my calendar. I forget shit all the time. Now I forgot things before. But I forget everything now because I literally, I don't know what fucking day it is. Every but, day is a Sunday scary. Yeah. Like, that's really what it is. And then for daters, you go like back in the day, it used to be, oh, a Friday night date or Saturday night date. And now it's like, I don't fucking know. Like, do, is there that, that thing to look forward to, to dress up and like go out, that feeling is gone. Right, right. Although, you know, and a lot of the people that I'm working with right now, just to kind of help them institute like a feeling of normalcy, I'm telling them one of the things that you should do is go back to what would have been your typical schedule. Mm. Get up in the morning, shower, get dressed. I mean, I'll be the first one to say I have been wearing sweatpants since March, but you know, I'm putting on different tops every day, making it like I'm going to work. And having that schedule in your life is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. Scheduling has helped. Aisha, does that help you? Have you been trying to do that? Oh yeah. I've put, I've been on a schedule since probably April. Like I spent a couple of weeks in the fantasy, but like, I don't know, I'm the type of person that I need structure and I need to schedule. So yeah, yeah, that's been very helpful for me. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Same. Um, so where, you know, Marissa, where does this, this feeling of being attached to time sort of come from, um, you know, for most people who are sort of feeling this kind of anxiety, is it, is just society? 
Right. Well, there's, it comes from a lot of, we can think about it from, you know, like a mental health perspective. We can think about it from a more general psychological or social psych perspective. And then, you know, the environment media definitely comes into play. And when you talk about time, it can affect our well-being. It can affect the way we view the world and it can even influence like the personal decisions we make. So, you know, understanding how time affects us is important. And even just making ourselves cognizant of the fact that it does have an effect is important. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because on the one hand, I was mentioning before that sometimes the days can feel very, very long and you can't tell the difference between one day and the next. And in fact, I've seen that meme going around online where it's like the calendar page and it's like March 351st. But then if you look back on it, it's just like, wait, where did, you know, I was used to sitting outside in the summer and the fall. Like it, it seems like it zipped by. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like this weird difference between perspective time, which is like how you're anticipating it's going to be. And then retrospective time, which is what just passed. And because Mm -hmm. of the pandemic, that fear of the unknown, not sure how long we're going to be in this situation viewing things in the future and and kind of dealing with it in the day-to-day, your days can feel very long. They can feel very heavy, create a lot of that anxiety. But then all of a sudden you look back and it's like, how did a whole year pass? Like I remember being on an airplane not too long ago, but yeah, it's, it's been a while since I've been able to get on an airplane. Yeah. And that, that's like a weird thing, right? That perception of time, like where sometimes it feels so slow and sometimes it feels so fast. And, Mm -hmm. um, I was reading a little bit about it and it was sort of saying that sometimes, uh, or I think one of the correlations between how you perceive time is based on, on your absorption of stimuli. Like for when you're young, time feels very slow because you have so much information absorbing and you're processing all of that and somehow time feels slower. And as you get older, there's less stimuli because you've already processed a lot of the the big stuff. And so time just feels like it's going super fast. Um, Yeah. You know, what's really interesting with that too is um, not only just like the amount of stimuli you're processing, but like the valence of it. You know, if you are looking forward to something or something's really positive and enjoyable, it goes by so fast. Like think about, you know, people who are like, I don't even remember being at my own wedding or at my own birthday party. And it just zipped by. And you sometimes forget to kind of slow down and be conscious of this is amazing. I want to savor every moment. And then when it's something like negative, um, something maybe you're fearful of or embarrassing, it's like forever. Like think about, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like being on stage and like giving a speech that you might not have been prepared for. It's like that lasted forever. Or um, because I gave the example of a flight just now, uh, turbulence. Oh my God, that's me. uh, Yeah. Air turbulence. I'm like the whole airplane ride was terrible. I'll turn to my husband and he'll be like, that was, that was 30 seconds. Like no big deal. Clearly you could tell I'm the nervous flyer out of the two of us. Yeah, me too. So it's how we, it's, it's not only the stimuli, but the type of stimuli. And it's interesting how different people can have different perceptions of the same event. So like Natasha mentioning how, it might seem slow as we're growing up and going through it. I'm sure if you ask anyone who's a parent talking about their child, they're like, oh, you grew up so fast. It went by, it sped up. So different people really have different conceptualizations of of 
time and, and speed by which it's passing. Yeah. And it's so weird because there are parts of this pandemic that feel so slow. And then, like you said, you blink and you're like, holy shit, a year. It's been a year. Oh, my God. Like, I remember what I was doing the day of the lockdown. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, like, I mean, Aisha, have you sort of, have your friends in the world sort of been feeling this, you know, where... Uh, we're attached to time because like society tells us to be, but then families also chirp in your ear constantly. And then you're looking at social media and fucking everybody's getting engaged and, and moving in or doing whatever. Like, has that been happening in the world around you? Like, do you, do you feel like your friends are also feeling that? Yeah, for sure. And I feel like it's even worse now because you don't have much to do other than like look on Instagram and see how other people are doing. So it's definitely, there's a lot of like self, there's family pressure for sure, but then there's a lot of self pressure also to like keep up with everybody and, you know, hit those milestones that we dreamed up when we were kids. I remember in elementary school, we actually made a timeline (laughs) of like how our life was going to go. And I can tell you, none of those things have happened. (laughs) (laughs) I know, you sometimes wonder, like, are those bullshit exercises, are they, like, fucking setting us up for failure? Like, they probably shouldn't do that. (laughs) I was so proud of my timeline. (laughs) I know, back back in the day, right? I thought I would get married by the time I was 24 and have two kids Mm -hmm. by the time I was, oh, no, I would have the first kid by 26. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm supposed to be an Olympic figure skater. (laughs) (laughs) But Marissa, you know what you said is really important because I think this feeling or, or that feeling that time is passing you by really creates anxiety. And, Mm -hmm. and for some it's crippling and, and it can just make them stop altogether because Mm -hmm. they don't feel like, anything they do will make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, are there ways that that this kind of attachment to time kind of makes us do crazy things like midlife crisis? Um, well, what's really interesting uh, about a midlife crisis is, um, you know, it doesn't have to happen in the middle of your life. It can mm-hmm. happen at any point. You can have multiple. You might not have any. Well, I've it's had multiple. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like a social construction. Like it's it's a period in which you are just really forced to evaluate your life and have you accomplished everything that you set out to accomplish. And, you know, you're kind of dealing with that internal tension between there's so much I want to do. Have I really accomplished it? How might I be more productive or contribute more to society? And um, I think time can definitely influence it, especially, I mean, just Aisha, going back to what you were saying, like, you know, that you, if you're being told to come up with this timeline when you're like in elementary school or something, and this is how you are going to live your life and you feel like you're not meeting those standards, that can be a challenge. Going back to what you were saying about media too, I mean, especially looking at like, there's tends to be these periods of time when your same age peers all seem to be getting engaged, all seem to be getting married, all seem to be having their babies, getting their promotions. And if you are not at that stage, 
that can feel crippling, as you say. And um, it really forces you to second guess yourself. But in a way, maybe this, you know, one silver lining is that maybe this has kind of forced us to slow down. And for some of us, reconceptualize what our timelines could and should look like. Like I know people that were planning on getting married, had the date set, you know, realized the wedding itself isn't that important. They either moved in together or, you know, they started their families together. Um, And, you know, it's such a personal decision. Some people I know that were planning on starting a family have decided to hold off for a while, Mm -hmm. but maybe we don't need to be held to such standards. But of course, each person has to come to that realization on their own. And for many of us, it could be a challenge. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could see it going, you know, the pendulum swinging both ways where you have some people, especially in the relationship world who are just settling because they're like, you know what? Time is running out. I can't be fucking around. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna make this work. Even if they're not a hundred percent in, um, you know, and then I have like, I think of my girlfriend who her and her husband, like a young couple and, and she was like, Oh no, I don't, I don't want a kid for a while because like, I want to focus on my career. And then during the pandemic, they realized like, if we don't do this now, like there's no better time. And so then they realize like, oh yeah, they want to do this now. And then they did it because they had the time to do it. Um, So it's interesting how like perspective and approach can be so different, right? To the problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely, especially if you're at the early stages in your relationship, you might've felt that pressure to just say, all right, like, let's make it official. Like let's quarantine together or something because who knows when I can see you again. And I think it was... I don't know if it was the Netherlands. Like they were like encouraging people to kind of find a, like a sex buddy, like a quarantine sex buddy. So it was just like, identify this person now, make that person part of your pod, your quarantine pandemic pod. So you could see them because it might be a while before, you know, we could meet in person and, you know, people that were dating, especially online dating, that was a really hard, difficult to adapt because you go from like the natural progression of relationships where it's a couple of email exchanges to meeting in person to then, you know, increasing the frequency and depending upon where you were and at what stage of the pandemic this was, it was like video dating for weeks on end without knowing, well, when can we actually meet in person? So it was getting more intimate, getting to know one another virtually rather than in real life. Yeah. And then, you know, but, and, but for some, like they still don't feel even comfortable meeting. And then Mm -hmm. you have no idea when you're going to be able to meet somebody because you don't know when this is going to end. Yeah. Marissa, is there, there, is there a difference between, cause, cause time in and of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? Like we need time. We need I need to be here by 7 p.m. Like, and so you got to get there by 7 p.m. What becomes a problem? Because like, is it, is it the attachment portion of time? Like, is it the meaning that we're giving the time that becomes the problem? Ooh, that's a good question. (laughs) Because I'm kind of feeling like it's the, 
it's it's got to be this the the meaning and attachment we're putting behind it, right? That like, because again, like, okay, I have to be here by seven o'clock is one thing. Right. We don't want to miss our appointments. (laughs) Right. But if you go, my sense of self is attached to being there at seven o'clock. I think that becomes a problem. Like if, if this doesn't happen by seven o'clock. Right. It's the end. Right. (laughs) Well, I think that the attachment to it is okay in a sense Mm -hmm. in that, you know, time also helps us set, enact and achieve goals, right? So if we were setting a goal at some point in the future, the passage of time and our awareness of that passage of time and checking in to see where we are through those stages is helpful to provide us with important information and, you know, tell us maybe it's time to adopt a different strategy or slightly alter our goal or make a more realistic goal, whatever that might be. I think where it gets a little dicey is um, when you become, when you become unable to adapt and get stuck mm. to that time in like a rigid way, like when you become inflexible or mm when you are using other people's timeline to like assign your own sense of self-worth, like a social clock, for example, which we were kind of touching on before is basically that um, prescription of like the right time to do something. Like when is the right time to move out of your house? And look, just even now, a lot of young adults who were completely independent, who might've been like living in big, large cities for their jobs, wound up moving home with their parents. So they weren't paying expensive rent uh, when they were working from home and to get more space. So for that, if people are deriving their sense of self-worth by like living, you know, at the age of 25 in your own apartment and this situation had to change, that can cause them to really feel a certain way or even get depressed, but it's really external situations that are affecting us. So being able to kind of adapt your mindset is really important. So, so yeah, I think it's when you're, it becomes problematic when you're using other people's timelines as a judge exactly. and mm-hmm. then you're unable to adapt. Yeah. I definitely think that the unable to adapt part is key because I mean, that's where the anxiety comes from, right? It just didn't go according to plan. Right. And and a lot of us, me included, it, you know, have a hard time going like, well, what, what, what now? Like, yeah. or you don't know how to adjust on the fly and that's like a, a skill you build. I mean, can you build that skill? Um, yeah, I think it's definitely challenging to build that skill. I think that you know, one thing that's really helpful is to, you know, reevaluate your values and the goals that you're setting for yourself. Um, and really trying to understand that you are on your own personal trajectory. So, um, even if you aren't in the same place with your same aged peers who are in like the same generational cohort as you, in terms of like, family, but you are moving ahead in your career and that's something that you value, then you are right where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And also realizing that there is value 
in what you may perceive of as a setback or failure and stuff because it teaches you a new way of approaching something. So if you don't get that promotion by the age of 35, perhaps another door will open for you. Um, you know, this flexibility is is a tricky thing to develop, but I think with greater experience and really just kind of focusing on yourself and, and what's important to you, that can certainly help. Yeah. I, I'm always reminded of, and, and we'll post this on the the kind of dating Instagram again. Um, but I have this, this quote that always helped me in the past, which, which, you know, sub God in for whatever you want, let's say universe, but it says, um, when the idea is not right, God says, no, when the time is not right, God says, slow, when you are not right, God says, grow, when everything is right, God says, go. And I always just love when it, when it says like, when the time is not right, God says slow, which is just like, we're always like, maybe there is something to be learned from something not working out or something not going according to plan. Like, you know, it, it's a great time to reevaluate what you want, especially for single people right now. Like, if you cannot date or you are not able to, or you don't feel comfortable or, or whatever you're, you're going through, can you use that time to then work on personal growth and Hey, you know what, before this pandemic, I realized like, fuck, I have, um, you know, uh, control issues. I don't know. I'm just giving that, um, like, can I use this time to evaluate that and kind of work on that? And I don't know, read some fucking books or listen to podcasts um, and uh, and or just figuring out what I want because I've gone through 10 years of dating constantly and it's always been failed, 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 failed. The only constant is me. Maybe I just don't even know what I want. Like, so using that time to like figure out, like slow down, smell the roses, figure out, you know, what you're looking for. I love how you said slow down. And I think that's so, so important, especially just kind of going back to like the attachment to time and mental health too. Um, you know, on the one hand, you can use this time if there's a pause in your life where, you know, maybe you're in between jobs and now it's difficult to find a new job. So maybe you're not working or maybe you're not in a relationship, you know, depending upon who you are and where you're at currently, um, you might be kind of in this limbo. And, um, you know, on the one hand, you could use this time to retool, to learn something, increase your self-awareness. What are your values? What are your interests? What do you want in your next career? What do you want in your next relationship? What is it that's important to you? So yes, you can, you know, use this time for personal growth and that can be part of your journey, but it can also be really valuable to just take a break. Um, and just being in the moment, um, there, you know, it's really challenging to quantify the effects that everything that's going on, you know, don't the pandemic, the political landscape and, and how it's weighing on us. So if you need that time to just be and to regroup, um, that is okay. That is 
perfect. Like you need to do what you need to do for yourself. And I hate dropping this term because I feel like it's so uh, overused, but self-care, like that is all, this is all part of your self-care. Yeah, no, it, it very much is. I mean, Aish, um, what do you think, like, how do you think people can sort of start breaking some of this attachment to time? Like, or, or what have you been doing? If you've, if you felt that in the past or feeling that now, is there something you're specifically doing? I mean, I haven't broken my attachment to time. (laughs) It's a work in progress. Definitely a work in progress, but I will definitely say that I think what it comes down to is being comfortable with things not going according to whatever your plan is and Mm -hmm. being, I guess, confident enough to make you go for your own plan, you know, and not try to adhere to what society's quote unquote, you know, timeline goals are and just go about it, you know, whichever way feels best to you. So I think at the end of the day, you just have to be cool with what we're trying to do, you know? Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, you know, Marissa, you don't know this, but Aisha and I had just done an episode on um, sort of uh, how we're tackling the new year. And I was saying, like, I don't really believe in resolutions in terms of like, oh, I'm going to lose weight and do whatever. This year, what I've decided was more instead of these physical goals of these things that, that needed to be achieved like things, um, I decided I just wanted it to be personal growth kind of goals. So mine, my big one has been letting go of time. Um, because again, you know, you're for me, it's like, Oh, I'm a TV writer. Oh fuck. Nothing has happened this last year and everything has gone to shit and nothing is filming. And, what's happening with, you know, there's just, there's so much uncertainty about it. And then you, you start racking your brain of like, this should have been done by this time. If I had done this 10 years ago, I would have been here by now and blah, blah, blah. And I just realized it was causing me so much anxiety that like, I've had to just truly let it go. And over the holidays did a lot of thinking. And a big thing for me was, I know it sounds so trite, but like saying, like having faith that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is like, I always think of Lisa Simpson from the, there's like a a really funny line. She said, and when she was like, I can't, I can't control the birds (laughs) one day I can, but not today. And, uh, and it just reminded me, it's like time. It's like, you know, we want to control it, but we can't. And at some point you just have to let go that like, I'm still going to make my goals and take the actions that, that would hopefully lead me closer to where I want to be. But I, I am refusing now to let the time part overtake me and bring me down because that's what happens, right? Like we don't achieve it by a time and we just go on a negative fucking spiral. Yeah. And I've just been like, for me, it's just been like everything has worked out in my life. The one thing it has never worked out was when. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to move to New York and work for MTV. I said that when I was like 21. It didn't, it didn't happen at the timeline I thought it would. It happened like years later, but it happened. It happened. 
you know? And then I was like, oh, there you go. Like, or what, you know, anything, anything. I was like, I'm going to move to LA by this time. And it didn't happen that exact time. It happened a few months before. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, so I don't know. I mean, is that lame? Is it lame to just no, sort of have faith? All. I think that that's so perfect. And I think that, you know, that big important component, what, what you said was, that you were adaptable and all that, that things happen, but they didn't happen when you were getting, when you thought they would happen. So being able to, you know, just kind of pivot is, is really imperative. And, um, you know, I think that, but the that- pivotness was so wrought with fucking stress and anxiety <laughs> and like crying and tears and right. thinking I was shit because it wasn't happening at that time that that like for me has hit a peak and it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to live like that anymore. And I know that there are so many people out there who feel the same thing. Right. And I think that those lived experiences, they all kind of come together and it gives you this information. It kind of, it's like, you know, hindsight's 2020. Mm -hmm. So looking back on it, it's like, ah, okay. Everything did work out the way that it was supposed to. And it's just, you know, I can even relate to this from when I was just dating to bring it back to relationships for a moment, um, is people would always tell me like, Oh, you know, you'll find, you'll find the right person when it's meant to be, it'll happen. It'll happen. And I remember I was just so in that moment, like going on one bad date after another bad date, like, what do you mean? This is awful. I was supposed to be like married by this date and started like, and it just felt like everyone else was kind of moving on with their lives. And I was just stuck. And that feeling of being stuck. And then, you know, I did meet, you know, in a wonderful, amazing person and I'm in a very, you know, happy, fulfilling marriage. But, you know, now from the other side, I can look back and I'm like, oh, that worrying was all silly, but it feels very real when we're going through it. And I think that, you know, unfortunately these experiences are part of our journey. Um, It's really hard to be able to separate ourselves from them, but using whatever experiences you have had in the past to kind of going back to that idea of like slowing down, being more Mm. mindful, zoom out and take like a more global look at, okay, there are things that I'm prevented from doing now. When was another time in my life when I might not have hit that goal? Mm. Um, how did I like, you know, what happened? How was I able to get over that? Um, you know, what did that failure, that setback teach me? And then how can I apply the lessons learned now? Because it's the quicker we're able to apply those lessons that we are able to deal with this attachment or being able to detach from time in a much healthier way. And that's not to say, you know, we want to, we want to not place so much importance in time that it's going to affect our mental well-being. But for many of us, having an attachment to time in other ways, like, you know, putting um, anchors into our schedule so we can, mm-hmm. you know, help a day pass or a week pass in a quicker, more efficient way, you know, that helps too. So it's not that everyone needs to detach. It's, you know, what is our relationship with time looking like? What is it that we need again so individual yeah and just like cutting yourself some slack too right uh i mean i am notorious for to-do lists 
And mm-hmm. uh, I write like three a day in different fucking, like I'll write it in my fucking notepad and my mm-hmm. phone. I write it on my whiteboard. I cut, I pay, I constantly adjusting it. And I used to put so many things to do in a day. And, and when it didn't get done, I would get so upset. I'm like, oh my God, like this thing, now I'm so behind. And it's funny because this pandemic actually taught me like, hmm, I've actually only been able to finish three things in a day. And three things probably includes me taking a shower. <laughs> like it's, it's like that amount of, which means only one good work thing is going to get done that day. And I've had to learn to be like, all right, that's okay. And like put less on my plate so that it, it's not feeling like I'm getting overwhelmed and then getting upset by that. Um, what do you think about, or, or what is the importance of sort of daily reminders to yourself? Because sometimes, again, we do these big goals and we forget about them. Um, and something that helps me a lot is like sort of these daily affirmations uh, which also sounds very lame. I hate like these like very cliche type approaches, like affirmations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now. And that's the thing. That's like for me, I've been telling myself every day, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've become very big on it is what it is. <laughs> ah, nice. <Okay>. Good one. <laughs> Going that one out a lot, but I mean, it's, it's like the gratitude journals. Um, and you know, uh, truth be told, I decided last year that I was going to do it because I wanted to be able to focus on the positive aspects of what could sometimes be a very stressful day. That's very jam packed. And I wound up buying my gratitude journal shortly after Valentine's day. So I began officially using it in March. I'm in New York and that's when the pandemic hit really hard. So the, the uh, gratitude journal that I had asked us like, what were three things that you did outside today? So it was a lot of nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> and then I like slowly abandoned that gratitude journal pretty quickly, but I've recently reintroduced it back into my life. And it kind of required me to have a little bit of a shift um, in how I think about it, which I think is very, very helpful. You don't have to have some major breakthrough mm-hmm. or revelation for it to be something that you feel gratitude for. Mm-hmm. Uh, just even, I had a really good cup of coffee this morning. Yes. That is something that you can be grateful for. Um, and then really kind of focusing on what are those things that are bringing you joy also helps you be more mindful about what's going on in your day. Um, goes back to that whole idea of time will start to make one day feel different from another. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, it's interesting because even though the world has slowed down in the sense of we can't maybe go out and run the errands that we were before, a lot of us didn't slow down because we haven't been able to. Now we're managing, you know, the blurred boundaries between home and work. And for many of us who are taking care of like kids and managing their virtual schooling and the constant transitions to being in the workplace, being sent home. And just like all of these things that are on our plates, we actually haven't slowed down in many cases. Some of us have had to add more to our plates and speed up. So 
if it's your daily affirmation, if it's your um, gratitude journal, if it's just like some mindful awareness or like a meditation practice at the end of the day, taking that time to slow down is really, really important. And it doesn't need to be for an hour. It can even be like a well-constructed five minutes. As long as you truly are present and in the moment, that can really improve your overall mental health. Yeah, it really does. Uh, I don't do the physical gratitude journal, but I I always say it in like my nightly prayer. I always say three things or I mean, not even three. I just go on the list of like what I'm grateful for that day. And I've learned to just even during the pandemic to say something as simple like, oh, man, I'm so grateful I had the money to be order to to order that takeout today. Mm-hmm. Like something so simple that being able to get groceries safely, you know, um, like you said, that cup of coffee that, oh, I'm so glad I had this friend to have this conversation with, um, that you had a friend to have a conversation with. Uh, and sometimes I think also doing that makes us, it changes sort of the, the, the chemistry in your body where you become more positive and hopefully you know, you can see the things that are more positive when you're dating people, because, you know, when, if you, if you have a view of pessimism, even your dates are going to be, you know, probably you're going to find all the faults and and Mm -hmm. all the problems and why you can't do something. Um, But if you start focusing on like even tiny, tiny wins, you can hopefully go, oh, you know what? Like, maybe it's not that bad out there. Or, yeah, this date didn't go that great, but at least I had a date, you know? I don't know. I mean, does it correlate, Marissa? Does that perspective usually? Yeah, that totally. That's backed up. I mean, um, your perspective shifts how you think about others, Um, you know, there's something even from social psychology called the feel good, do good phenomenon. When you feel good, you're more likely to volunteer, help out another person, um, you know, engage in something that's interpersonal with another individual. Um, also, you know, in relating it to relationships, if you are happy, the way in which you view your relationship is kind of, you know, in a, in a better perspective. So for example, um, you know, if you're feeling good, you're more likely to, if your partner brings you home flowers, you're going to say, oh, you know, what a thoughtful, generous thing. If you're in a bad mood or if you're feeling some sort of way about the relationship, same action, your partner brings you flowers. Well, what did he do? What is he apologizing for? What, what really is that? So your mood influences your interpersonal connections, influences the way in which you view the world. So shifting your mindset can really have profound effects on you and others. Mm-hmm. And all, and I think you sort of touched on it earlier, but is there a way to look at your anxiety as sort of a, a positive? I know we've had we've had Dr. Aris, um, who's another uh, psychologist on the show, and you know she talks about like how how looking at anxiety as sort of a sign like it's it's your body telling you yeah yeah 
And so, especially in, in this context of time, is your anxiety to time, like, is, is there a way for us to be able to look at it and go, what is this teaching me about maybe yeah. something I actually want? Right. Um, you know, it, of course, it depends upon the level of the anxiety, but at a very low level, if it's just, you know, alertness or, um, you know, an arousal level being very engaged with something, it can be valuable. So if you are starting to kind of, you know, realize that your thoughts are really focused on something, perhaps, you know, whether it's your career or about um, that passion project that you just can't stop thinking about, if it's possible, if it's within your means, hey, wait, like I keep coming back to this passion project. I keep coming back to this. Is there a way to, you know, pivot, going back to that in a moment, uh, again, to pivot and focus more on that passion project and perhaps pursue that for your career. So, Mm -hmm. you know, being mindful of, you know, where is it that, you know, like there's that psychological component of anxiety, like the thoughts behind it, the cognitions, and then you have like the physiological. So you actually feel it in your body. So being aware of, you know, what you're thinking of when you start to experience the anxiety can be really valuable for you. Yeah. And also in for like the dating world, I mean, Aish, do you think this of, of it's showing you like, you know, we all know lots of single people who love to be single and like now might be feeling a lot of anxiety and then maybe it's teaching you, you want to be with somebody. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think there's, it's like, um, I don't know. There's, it's like both. And I think that even that in itself creates a whole nother <laughs> spiral of anxiety. I guess it's the figuring out <laughs> what it is. is what's cool. Yeah. What, what the, what the anxiety is about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, that takes some introspection, which is what we always encourage. <laughs> Uh, Marissa, as we wrap this episode out, um, is time our enemy? (laughs) (laughs) No, it can be our friend. (laughs) I think that, um, you know, time is important. It's really about adjusting our expectations and our relationships with time. That's really important. Yeah, I think that's, that's so on point. Um, I think you know, also changing our perspective about time. And again, instead of thinking of it like we're losing time, maybe Mm -hmm. start thinking of it as we're having time to figure things out. Um, You know, I have time to be independent and be free free a little longer and have more choice right now because God knows when you're in a relationship, you know, that shit ties you down. (laughs) (laughs) You have the... You have the time to sharpen your skills. You have uh, the time, again, you know, to figure out what you want. So, like, maybe we can use time in our favor. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, well, I don't know if we're going to solve everybody's attachment to time, but <laughs> <laughs> but I hope this is a, a, a good step because our time is up. <laughs> Uh, Marissa, thanks so much for joining for this episode. Thank you. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, 
you know, guys, another thing to, to remember with this pandemic is like, this is the one collective experience that we'll ever probably have where 7 billion people, 7 plus billion people are on this planet are going through the same thing. Um, that there's nobody who's like fucking shooting ahead besides fucking Jeff Bezos. So maybe it's the only exception. Ahead, but yeah. <laughs> um, no, but even him, you know, like there are limitations even for him. Uh, and so it, this is that one collective experience of we're all uh, in the same boat when it comes to time. And I know it doesn't exactly help, but uh, but I hope it gives a little bit of solace to just remind yourself that you're not alone through it. Um, and at the very least, you know that Aisha and I are going through that shit too. <laughs> um, Marissa, you know, it's been a while since you've been back. So we got to do six questions with you again. Sounds good. Because, uh, you know, I don't know, may shit might have changed. <laughs> uh, so Marissa, here are your six questions. Uh, what is the first thing you notice about a potential partner? His wit. Ooh. What is your one deal breaker? Um, someone that treats other people poorly. Ugh, lame yeah. person. Um, what turns you on? I go back to that wit, intelligence, mm. and humor. Nice. Uh, tell us one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses in relationships. Um, I guess my strength would probably be, and this is for relationships and friendships in general. I'm just a really curious person. So I let other people kind of reveal themselves to me. Um, so I reserve judgment and, uh, genuinely interested in other people. And then on the flip side, um, I would say I'm one of those people who uh, wears our heart on their sleeve. So especially when I was back dating every single person, I'd you know put all my energy into it. And I was like, this is going to be the one. And then would feel very bad when it didn't work out until it did. So. Yeah, totally get that. Uh, what is love? Um, I'm going to go scientific here. A strong drive to form an attachment bond with another. Ooh, I like that answer. Everybody tells us something different, right? (laughs) So different. Um, Besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner to tell you? I trust you. Oh, nice. I like that. Um, Marissa, thank you so much for joining us. How can everybody find you, your book, all all that fun stuff? Yeah, so you can find everything on my website, which is marissatcohen.com. And that's Marissa with one S. And um, I'm Marissa T. Cohen on Facebook, also on Instagram. Uh, And guys, all of uh, her social links and all will be in the description of this episode. So please make sure you follow her. Also, follow us. We're on social media. Uh, We're at Kind of Dating Across the Board. Aish? I am at Aisha Says Dance Across the Board. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I am at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. Uh, thanks friends for downloading this episode. If you could please tell a friend rate and review us on Apple podcasts, uh, we'd be so grateful. Um, you know, we're also wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, please subscribe there. Also send us your dating stories and thoughts to kindadating at gmail.com. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time.
to Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host. Our producer is Adam Pineless, and our intern is Karina Uribe. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yenick and K. Daniel Ellis.